0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: oh coaching all right so we are live uh no 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 cursing dudes (laughs) Uh, right here we go so the tweet is gonna go live uh we'll do a we'll do a little bit of fluffing to to start the podcast um
0: fluff me pete fluff me uh matt candela you're in new york is it snowing or is it sunny uh a little bit sunny today which is good um beautiful day um obviously just spent the last 2 hours in a dark cave watching the game but uh yeah Johnny Cochrane you are in good, 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 good MC... weather chat good weather chat
1: good, um, yeah but, <laughs> I, but this is this this is directional um uh, Johnny Cochrane is the weather good where you are do you know what it has
2: been a little it's been all right round here and um well i say that i mean like kind of in terms of the period we've had bright sunny skies but like, from the afternoon, it's just got a bit gloomy. And we've had this weird little sandstorm, which is just a freak occurrence, which apparently has blown in from the Sahara Desert. And it's fucking put an orange tint on everyone's car. Oh. So, <laughs> random yeah.
1: shit. That's what's going on in That's South a... England right, there, right now. All right, let's just cut to the chase. I'm in Miami. It's 80 degrees. I'm, I'm, I'm on South Beach. I'm having a That's great time. why he wanted, to talk, I about about I wanted to talk about That's the, the, the only weather. Reason. You reason. didn't
0: even want to know about a sandstorm. Oh, did you? This is I just one big like is, fest it. for you. You, yeah. you just asked a couple of questions, so we asked about you, right? I was leading you. <laughs> I
1: was being, you know, I was, I was being... We're not in the mood
0: for it tonight.
1: Oh, 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 okay. Of course, we're not in the mood. it. Okay, well, if we're not in the mood for it, why don't we just get right into the podcast? Yeah, let's fly
2: in. mirror
1: you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror main. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's three sad faces if you're watching it on video because Arsenal just lost to Liverpool 2-0. Um, how's everybody doing before we get into the hottest take? Are we um, It feels odd. Arsenal win.
0: It's not as fun when we lose, is it?
1: No. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, it's a a weird feeling, isn't it? Like, I didn't come into it expecting that we'd win. I thought we'd give them, you know, as I tweeted, everything that they could handle, which at at times we did. But um, ultimately, I can't feel too low and too pessimistic because it is a team that is, you know... Uh, I'll get into it in my take, but ultimately there's levels to this shit and they are a different level to us. And
1: anyone who thought that they weren't, well, wake up time. Matt, it's uh it's not good to lose. Uh is, is the bigger problem here that we thought there was a chance to, to win, or is the bigger problem that not, we could have won, won if we'd taken our chances.
0: Not really. I think um, you know, we did I think we did about forty minutes when we went when we were at Anfield earlier on in the season. I think we did 65 uh, or 63-odd today. I think that today could have been too all. It could have been. Um, but that's not to take away from the fact that they're a better team than us. They're a more well-rounded team than us. I think we're seeing evidence of progress. I think, like we said on the podcast, uh, Johnny said it, it's like the way we play, Liverpool are the worst for us. <laughs> that we've got a better chance of beating City, who may be a better team or may not be a better team. But, but against Liverpool, you know, they've got a psychological hold over us as well, I think. Um, so, some progress. The reality is, was this a terrible result? Was this an OK result? All depends on Sunday. And if we beat Villa, today was another positive step in our learning curve for a young team and can be consigned to history. If we don't beat Villa, did we overexert ourselves against Liverpool when we should have rotated? And then you know, there's there's no way to win. So uh, yeah, um, disappointed, but we'll get into we'll get into the details, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you both. It was just um, like a, a bit too much of a stretch today. Quality in the final third. We still make mistakes. Liverpool are an incredibly precise side, and they've been through those. They know how to manage those big game moments. And I still don't. Um, anyway, I've cracked open the Peroni slim cans.
2: Oh, see naughty, oh, Naughty, naughty. Oh. Snap, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm yeah. chucking
2: them down as well because it's just... I'm having a know, non-alcoholic
0: beer because I've got work to do after this. Isn't bit oh, depressing, gets, isn't it? Get this part, Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I thought, pink, no. Remember when we were in Miami
2: looking like David Guetta, ready to start doing a, a
1: serious sesh tonight. And, you know, we're on the slimline Peronis something the pain. Listen, three three people said on the last podcast they like my hair, so I've changed my entire hairstyle. That was a one-off. But now I'm in. That was beta mode. This is alpha. Uh, okay, <laughs> so why don't, uh, why don't we stop talking about my hair and our alcohol choice, and let's just move in to the hottest take. Johnny Cochran, what's the hottest take from today?
2: Yeah, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier when I said that there is levels to this shit, and that is what it is. And you know it's a well uh, trodden um, phrase these days when talking about elite sport, and you know it's the most uh, curt and to the point um, phrase to kind of to kind of explain the fact that sometimes you can be you know a loss in this situation is not indicative of us not being a good team. It's that we are coming up against the top top people and. At the end of the day, we can sh- we have already shown that we are a match for most teams in the league. And we even gave Liverpool a very tough go in that first half. But when I say that there's levels to this, what they do when they are an elite elite team, like top top team, is they highlight your shortcomings. And the shortcomings that were highlighted for us, they're no surprises to Arsenal fans. But ultimately. When you are playing against a team that doesn't give you many opportunities, you have to score goals. When those chances are coming to Lacazette, you're just you're not dealing with a guy who's anywhere near prolific enough. So I know that I'm, you know, preaching to the converted here. There's not an Arsenal fan on here going, "No, no, Lacazette's the answer." We all get it. But the fact is, is that when you play in these games, I think Lacazette. You put him up against Norwich, you put him up against Brighton and stuff. He can do a job for you. That is the he's more than comfortable at that level. But when you want to get to the top top level, I tell you what these guys can put straight jackets on people. And for me, I thought when there were opportunities to act with conviction, Lacazette showed that he's not able to, you know, adequately assert himself at that level against top. You're playing against Van Dijk, arguably the best defender in the world. You know, certainly, in his name's in the hat. Matip's in great form, um, but I think that. You know, the positive out of it is that we did have a player who showed up against elite opposition, arguably the best right back in the world, and gave him fits. The guy's not sleeping tonight. When when Trent Alexander-Arnold has nightmares, Freddy Krueger doesn't show up. Gabby Martinelli does. That's it, terrorizing him. You can't sleep. Rest. You're not going to rest easy, Trent. Yeah, you're used to just pinging moonrakers all around the place, taking the piss out of people. Gabby's there. Nightmare. Nightmare. And the reason why I say it, not just for comedic effect, when we talk about lessons that are learned and we also talk about styles that will create issues, just like Liverpool do to us, we have the starts of something that we might be able to progress to being able to exert over them in future iterations of this team because we just don't have the clientele at the moment to go you know, blow for blow for them. And that's why we always succumb to them late. But, you know, next year, stick Gabby on Trent again. He ain't going to fancy, he ain't going to he doesn't want that. He doesn't want it anymore. Did you see how many times does Trent have to call someone over and go, someone give us a hand? Someone give us a hand, this guy's taking the piss. You know what I mean? Like one of us guys playing football against a kid who's just come out of school, still been doing PE a couple of times a week. We ain't ready for that kind of smoke. We don't want it. And the fact is, is Gabby has shown a way that we can look to create serious problems for them moving forward. So, you know, all is not lost. It's We lost to a better team. But ultimately, you know, if anyone was getting carried away, it, it, it keeps us from getting delusional when it comes to our appropriate praise of what Arsenal have been doing lately.
1: Macandela, like, were Arsenal fans delusional, or was it, were there, were there, uh, green shoots of something in there that maybe we can take into the next game?
0: I think there were a lot of green shoots. I think the first half was, was great. I thought we were good. I thought it was very even. If anything, I think we slightly shaded it. Um, but right from the beginning of the second half, uh, the game had a different feel. Uh, we weren't in control of the game it, it felt like a much if the game felt wilder and that doesn't suit us I think we were we had we asserted a lot of control over it in the first half and 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 you sort of feared for the worst and and we had the warning signs with Mane at the end of the first half just some of the movement um in in, in the beginning of the second was 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 really troubling but you know, I think it's like Mourinho. He, it, Mourinho at his pomp was, it was, all, it was always about you make, you eliminate mistakes. The team that wins is the team that eliminates mistakes. And the game really changed, obviously, when they scored that goal. Ramsdale got beaten on the near post. You don't get beaten on the near post from there. And we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not, not going to string him up. The guy's been, he could be our player of the year. He'd been absolutely outstanding. he had been making worldies every week. Um, but in the big games you can't do that and it went in and you could see his reaction you could see the team's reaction I'm not sure they truly believed they could come back from being a goal down I still think that in these big well you know in the big games the first goal matters and we didn't get it and we had that that those minutes of madness you know we didn't pick our heads back up quick enough we didn't take control of the game back quick enough um and, you know, I feared it could be three or four at that point when the second one went in, but it's about taking those moments. It's about eliminating mistakes, and then that Odegaard chance, you know, that's it's a straightforward chance. He's done brilliantly to get himself in that position, and Alisson pulled off the save, uh, and I think Odegaard, you know, you saw Arteta's reaction on the side. He knew if we score that goal, I think we're a difficult team to beat. I think we go into a low block. I think it's I think it, it we 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 change we change our whole approach. So uh lots of positives and then and then you know I think Johnny was talking about it and we'll get on to it. Martinelli was scintillating. He absolutely tore Trent a new one. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen him get roasted like that. So uh that's a positive. I saw someone in the comments call Lacazette Lack of Threat. Alexander lack of threat, which I thought <laughs> <laughs> was harsh but fair, and um, and it could be uh, could be a, a little a new nickname we've got for him. Unfortunately, listen, you two are outrageous. It's called uh, oh, it has
1: actually says hottest of takes. It's one take, and you two just take six or seven. You leave me with nothing. I'm out <laughs> here. I got no the points scraps. out of this. You're feeding I on. Got, the I, got, I, got, I got. I'm feeding off the scraps. You covered it all. Uh, I, okay, so my 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 hottest of take is it's belief. It's it's belief that that Arsenal side goes out. They, they don't believe that they can win that game. They really, really don't. Whether it's because they're a you know, bit of a bogey team, whether it is because they play a style that doesn't really match us. You know They, they are, Liverpool are to us what Spurs are to Manchester City. It's just, just never going to roll for them. And I, I think that you can address that with a little bit more experience. I think you address that by signing players in certain positions that give players a little bit more hope. Um, But overall, yeah, I agree with you. Martinelli had a, a really solid game. We asked questions of Liverpool for the first time. I know we didn't really ask questions of them at Anfield in the League Cup, but we asked questions today. We had nine attempts. They had nine attempts. They had three shots on target. Scored two. We had two shots on target, and, and we didn't score. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for it. You make your own luck in this game. But the margins really did roll for Liverpool, as they always do. Like, they're a great team. You know, they probably would have found a way anyway. But Ramsdale hasn't been beaten like that all season. Uh, I also think Ramsdale was probably at fault for the second goal a little bit. I know that there were elements in the build-up. Just wasn't his best game. And I think Johnny made the point, or you did, Matt. Uh, You knew from the first minute it might not be an Aaron Ramsdale game when he completely missed the ball. And sometimes Aaron Ramsdale was a bit like, what's his first kick, what's his first involvement in the game, if it isn't quite right doesn't always concede, but you know that he's going to have one of those sort of jumpy games but hopefully we'll develop um, we'll develop our winning edge Liverpool didn't start with that winning edge and they had to add additional players into the mixer, but it was better than getting spanked 4-0 and Arteta took off a couple of, I, I wish he'd taken off more players when it was clear that we weren't going to win the game but the focus pretty, you know, rapidly switches up to Aston Villa. Spurs won their game against Brighton, like two pretty lucky goals as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to beat Liverpool. I hope that we wouldn't shame ourselves. I don't think it was a, gro- a glorious failure like the Manchester City game was, but it also wasn't embarrassing. It was just a team on the tear uh, that could bring on the quality of Firmino and Salah to, to close out a game. So we move, but I do want to like focus on to, let's move on to the next... Um, the next topic uh the quality gap like everybody focuses on alexander lacazette and rightly so um were there any other areas that you looked at uh, against liverpool tonight um and i'm going to go back to you johnny for this one because you said uh, a liverpool game really highlights where you're weak uh, lacazette is an easy in we know that we've got to replace lacazette you know he's out of contract in the summer who knows whether he's going to stay on but I would like to get your opinion on where else you think we're lacking quality. Um and and, and be brutal because I, I'm pretty sure Arteta will be in the summer when he's trying to upgrade in various positions. Where did you see the weaknesses today?
2: Well, you know, again, I I don't I think it's quite glaringly obvious for Arsenal fans. Namely, we talk about the fact that Cedric's come into the team, right? And he's not let anyone down in during his, you know, tenure, replacing Tommy Asu. And you know, if there is a concern, something that not many people are talking about, it's whether or not because we have no experience of Tommy Asu outside of this season, and the way in which we're hearing injuries uh, that don't didn't never seem to be that big, but all of a sudden they're just going on and on. It's snowballing, and he's just not getting back in the team. And meanwhile, Cedric is deputising, and this is the kind of game where an elite. Club will find that weakness, and I thought for the first go- goal, as much as Ramsdale was definitely uh, most culpable, you can't be getting beat there, I'm afraid. Um, Cedric also, it was poor defending, which led to Jota getting that opportunity. Um, and what we're talking about with Ramsdale to kind of double down on that in the elite games, and this is why I had to push back on you the other day, Matt, when you were talking about Ramsdale being the best keeper in the league or whatnot. And I was like, no, no, he's not. He's not at Edison's level. He's not at, you know, Allison. these guys have done it on the biggest of occasions repeatedly. And it's not to say that I don't think Ramsdale can get there, but we're moving into, and I don't think this is a cliche, but we're moving into the category with a goalkeeper where to be the top, top keeper, you have to be able to go through a game where you don't do anything, but when it happens, you have to save it. Allison. Gave you the blueprint today because, um apart, you, know, you know, so my first answer to that, Pete, is is Cedric. I thought, but we know that and we know that he's deputising and you will have injuries. That's the way it goes. Um But ultimately, we have to score. We have to score goals. It it would have concerned me less if we were like, you know, it was 1-0 and they nicked, nicked a last minute winner to get 2-1 or something like that. Ultimately, as much as we seem competitive in the game, we just didn't carry a proper threat with them. And I thought that, you know, Matt, Matt talked about um, the game changing with that uh, that first Jota goal, but it was actually, if we're honest, when guard missed that chance. Because at that moment, we were completely on top in the game. And we were giving them so much things to think about. You could see that uh, Trent and Robertson weren't being able to push up. They were genuinely on their heels. And then that led to mistakes getting, but that was around a five to 10 minute uh, uh, period in the game, early second half, where they started just giving the ball away. And that was in that period was when they made the mistake, freed Lacazette, he cut it back to Erdegaard. And listen, Similarly to Ramsdale, when we talk about the fact that he's got all the praise and rightfully so for some excellent performances. Erdegaard's the same. He, he has been absolutely excellent lately. And, you know, you can't fault him on that front, but you've got to score there. Like we're talking about you being our best player in recent times. That, you've got to finish that chance. You have to, because we saw there wasn't another chance of that equivalence. Throughout the game, you've got to take these opportunities. I don't I don't think that was a more difficult opportunity than what Jota finished, for instance. You know, the fact is, is you have to find a way. So when we talk about quality gap, sometimes it's not even about, oh, you know, this player isn't quite good enough. It's part of a mentality of we are just going to get it done. So, and there can't be any excuses in that. You have to, if you get a chance like the Odegaard thing, you've got oh, yeah, you know, it's good, we'll get the next one. No, you just got to be ruthless. And I do think that that is a learned behaviour and something that we are getting better at, you know, mastering. But ultimately, if anything, that there's a quality gap with, it's that killer instinct because Liverpool have been doing it
1: for years and they're they're winners, essentially. Um, Matt, this is a rules-based podcast. So when I ask you for where are the quality gaps, you cannot say Lacazette. You cannot say Cedric. Who was the other one that you just talked about that was a problem?
2: Um, well, overall, I talked about that.
1: Oh, the lack of killer instinct, but embodied by the Odegaard miss, I guess. Let's let's just pretend a lack of killer instinct is a person. You cannot mention <laughs> that person either. So, Matt, when you look at this squad and you looked at the game today, were there any areas that worried you moving forward or like highlighted that perhaps, potentially there's an opportunity for more competition in a certain position?
0: I think the biggest difference is that whatever happened, we were going to lose tonight because Liverpool had a killer bench full of players who can come on and kill you. They've got five players up front. They've got, they, they, they used to have the Fab 3 and now they've got the Fab 5. They've still got the same and then, they, and then they've added Diaz and they've added Jota since they had Salah, Firmino and, and, uh, and who was the other one? Uh Mane. Don't forget him. I mean, he'd walk into our team. And just to show how high the competition is, that team with those five are second in the league. They're not top, they're second. So, you know, you realise how far we have to go in terms of squad. We always quantify things. We're like, oh, but our first 11 or two of our front three or this, our squad is two to three years Two to, two to three years, five to six windows behind this in terms of quality, and I think you know it 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 showed today, and just one of those things. I thought it was less about. I thought one of the things that we've done really really well is the way that we 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 beat the press and we bring the ball out of defence, and and I thought we really struggled with both today, and obviously that's a that's a systems thing as much as anything. But a couple of times Ben White tried to break the tried to sort of break the press and give and 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 take the ball into midfield and lost it and put ourselves under pressure. And I feel like I don't think we need to upgrade Ben White. I think, but I think Ben White needs to make better decisions on the ball and structurally we need to think about things in a different way. It reminded me a bit of with Arsene Fenger, we always used to go Arsene Fenger doesn't have a plan B, you know, and I'm not saying we're at home, um, but we just played. We played our. We, I think we, the way we played the game today was as if we were playing any team. And you do wonder whether there could have been maybe a little bit more emphasis on possession, a little bit more emphasis on defensive solidity um, than just playing the game and trying to win it. And and and, I, and I'm all for that. But um, we got open. And then, and then and then finally the 3rd i I'm not really sure who, wh- whether it's a player to blame, but. We kept on getting opened up by long balls straight down the middle, um, which I haven't seen in a while. And I didn't really understand where that came from or why that was happening.
2: Matt, just on that note, mate, Trent Alexander-Arnold is legit. Like he might be, he's up there with the best player in the league. He's not a joke. He's so, so sick. It's unreal. So I would cut us a little bit of slack on it because not everyone can do that. It's just, he's dropping Dimes over and over again, and you're like, well, you know, what can yeah. you do? Like, pressure their right back?
0: No, it, it, it is, it is. I don't know, like, I don't know whether it's. We played a high line today, mm. uh, and I wondered whether whether there's anything we could have done with uh, with with a with a, a just dropping slightly deeper, especially with that with their pace. But look, I don't think it, I think we're clutching at straws here. The reason we lost is because they're a way They've got way better players. And we put up a really good account of ourselves in all... Not, not our very, very best, but I don't think we've got much more than what we showed today. We certainly couldn't have put any more effort in. And, you know, we move on. That's it. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, I, I, I,
1: I actually agree with uh, Johnny's Johnny's point there about... Sometimes you go, oh, you know, we got done by X. Like, after the uh, United game at the weekend, Roy Keane was ripping into um, some of the like, uh, some of the defending uh, that, that went on in that game and it's like that that ball was played you know the ball into Ronaldo was played at two, to a two hundredths of a second and we're like, it's terrible defending. It's like no, it's not. It's just that this game is played at such a speed and such high quality that sometimes those things happen and you can't do anything about it. And I, I do feel that Liverpool, are one of those sides. you have to beat Liverpool you have to be incredibly precise with every single thing that you do. If you if you make a pass that's uh, like half a yard off, Liverpool will get it. And Arsenal didn't quite have the precision today going forward, like especially in the first half. We got into some really dangerous positions, but we were, you know, there was a moment where Erdegaard overhit a pass, Saka underhit a pass, Martinelli got his angles a little bit wrong. But the, the impressive thing was that you're getting into dangerous positions very close to Liverpool's box or in Liverpool's box that we haven't normally been getting into. We ask questions of them. And I think I, I think that that comes down to belief and maybe a little bit of nerves. Um, if I was going to answer my own question of where I saw a little bit of a quality gap and where I've seen a bit of a quality gap for, for a, a while, I, I do think Kieran Tierney could be upgraded. I don't think that his final ball is particularly good. I think sometimes he's a little bit one-dimensional. He has the spirit that you look for um at Arsenal but I, I I kind of felt like some of Cedric's play from an attacking perspective outshone Kieran Tierney's and I think that the level of the squad and how high it's moved now Kieran Tierney starts to look like a bit, a bit of a sore thumb at times um which is which is a good thing and but I, I think that the Angelino rumors and the talk of a left back uh might have some um might have some truth to it, but but overall, yeah, I, I've I agree got with you.
0: I've got one question less about personnel, and I think here's what it is and and all, all of that. But what I don't want to happen, which I'm a little bit concerned about, is I think ourselves, Leeds, and maybe Norwich are the only team not to have taken a point off teams in the top four last year, and uh, and and that's sort of sort of worrying because it makes not. It doesn't really matter where your points come from. But when Spurs have taken seven off City and Liverpool, it makes it so much harder and it puts so much more pressure on every game. The fact that we just don't seem to ever be able to jam a win, uh, battle to a a, a one-all, get an unfair win. And I'm interested to get your perspective because the longer it goes on, it becomes a thing. And it's more of a psychological thing, I think, than a, than a quality thing. But do we think we have a psychological issue on our hands yet? I mean, from my perspective, right, the whole spirit
2: of the debate around Arteta, you know, six months to a year ago, was that do we actually have a functioning plan in place that is ultimately being held back by subpar, you know, players that c- just can't execute what he wants them to? Now, for a long time, I was just like, I am not sure even the plan's right. Let, we know that a lot of these players aren't up to it, but I'm not sure even the plan is right, you know, in in essence. And I've been much more converted, obviously, since then. And I actually think that what we're seeing is is not only progress, but it's something that we can all see and all get behind. And I actually think what's more encouraging from this result is that this was the first time I saw us play against um, Liverpool, not so much everyone. we've done it well against City, but against Liverpool, where well, I actually thought that at the way we play could actually see us get a result against them if we had better personnel. I do think it was a, a personnel thing. I do think that in that first half, when you saw Martinelli skin Trent for the first time, the first time you realised he realized that it was a night it was a nightmare for him and he was gonna get toasted a lot. And he's at the byline, he's cutting it across, and it's Lacazette just slow, he's on his heels. And that happened three or four times. If you have a prolific finisher, that's a goal, straight away, because right now we're not even talking about it. It's like a chance that meant nothing. But those moments, just because your striker hasn't got there, he he would have done exactly the same as what Firmino did and scored against us. But Lacazette just is not good enough to do that. And we know it. So I would say I'm more encouraged. And I actually think if ever there was, you know, you kind of flirted with this uh, issue on the last comment you made, Matt, about, you know, maybe we adjust ourselves slightly, like for a plan B. And I, people have a go at me for always bringing it up. But if ever there was a situation or bringing him up where the next year, and this can be a game plan that you use from certain opposition, it's free at the back. You go Saliba in there and you say, you know what? We'll dress you up. Gabriel, Wyatt and Saliba against Salah, your guy in the middle and whoever else. And it's pace and it's calm on the ball. And that is one of the things that I I might believe that we might adjust to next year and I think we might have success with. But overall, I think it's more encouraging from the fact that I actually think this plan, the way we set up the philosophy, would give us an opportunity to be successful against them. But we have to upgrade... The players because this the way we play at the moment it is a one versus one
0: yeah. and they have better players it did make me wonder a bit about how City used to struggle with Liverpool do you remember City went through a period where they lost 4-1 a couple of times and Liverpool ran a rough shot over them a little bit and then Pep Guardiola like made his little Guardiola tweaks back in the lab and got it back on to like it could go any which way a lot of one alls a lot of lot more control over the game and I wonder if Arteta needs to look at that as well and wonder what was that, what were those little tweaks that put them back in control.
1: I, I think, um, I think I would have more concern about top four games if there wasn't the context of what happened at the start of the season. I think that the you know we kind of the Man City game and the Chelsea game were were, were blown out. By by COVID, and it's difficult to look at what happened later on in the season and not say that that had a, a, a huge impact. I think I think that we've really got to be beating Chelsea. I, I like that we, we have to do something if we
0: like losing. I mean, that's away, so that's a tough game away because we don't we don't win at Stamford Bridge very often.
1: I know, but I I I think that we've got to do something this season. This team's too good to just come out of the season and we didn't beat Chelsea, Liverpool, or Manchester City, um, and. We've got to do some damage against United, Spurs, and West Ham. I mean, otherwise we don't make top four. But I, I'm I'm less concerned. I, I would be more concerned if I was a Spurs fan, and we're beating Manchester City, but we can't we can't do it consistently. We've shown uh, extreme consistency against teams we should beat in the last year, and I think that that's that's the harder thing: getting motivated for the small games that the big games are like cup final moments. And when you've got a young team and they don't have that sort of like big game IP yet, you can be a bit forgiving, but at some point it's going to come. Because I disagree um,
0: slightly with that. I think it's better when you're trying to fix a motive, getting motivated for the smaller teams issue, because you know the quality's there to win the big games than it is to prove that you're not a flat track bully.
1: And I I don't
0: think we are a flat track bully and I'm not, and actually, this is sort of a moot point because I think we're going to get there, and we're going to start beating these teams, and, it's, and hopefully, it's going to happen this season. And if it doesn't, it's going to happen next season. So, it, it's—I'm not saying that I'm not saying that we're not. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be great if we could bloody a couple of noses on the run in and put this issue to bed?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was just going to jump in to kind of go more to point Pete's point. The the fact is, is when you look at it, oh, Matt. There's more shit teams than there are good teams. So if you want to be, you know, just beating one group of them, let's take the shit ones. Because at the end of the day, you can get top four by only beating shit teams. You can't get top four by only beating good teams. So, you know, Tottenham's Tottenham's, um, struggles are, are, um, you know, they're amplified out over a, a larger number of drop points against shit teams. Whereas every now and then beating city or doing well against liverpool that's not going to get get you over the line in and of itself
1: it's kind of like brighton as well like brighton were doing so well against great teams at the start of the season then you look at the table you're like oh, you how did you get down to 13th in the league uh, but like we we have to be able to do both and i i i i agree with matt, matt there we will get there we will get there but we, we do need a a little something else a little something else so um, let's move on to, uh, to to another topic and let's talk about momentum. We had a great result uh, uh, against Leicester. I thought we, you know, totally outclassed them. We dealt with some of the, the more difficult moments. Aston Villa is going to be a very specific um, challenge that comes up. They lost their last game, I believe. And they've had an entire week off, the plan against us. Stevie G will recognise that Arteta was... Uh, uh, you know a player of his own generation he will want to make his mark on the Premier League he's been about up and down when it comes to form um, but they tend to do quite well in in games that are big it's the smaller games uh, so I just wanted to know what's your take on um, how this impacts you know how that impacts us moving forward and Matt I'll, I'll bring you into this one because you spent a lot of years um, at Arsenal Stadium watching and Wenger teams really struggle to deal with a bad moment. Um, do you think that there will be any trouble with us motivating ourselves for the next game? Is this going to be a depressed team that felt that they should have got something out or is this a team that understands shit happens? My, what do you think?
0: My sense is that there's going to be no... There's no psychological issue at all. My concern is we've been playing the same starting lineup every game throughout this winning... Uh, Groove of games that we've had, and if there's a game that's going to tire you out, it's playing Liverpool. You know the emotion of it. We played; th- we're not used to playing three games in a week, so I think we've just got a couple of big questions in our hand. It is is he going to rotate for the first time? I think Smith Rowe going to start somehow, in some shape or form. I don't know where because it feels harsh because the player he would normally come in for just dropped a man of the match performance and is going to want to play um so but but i can't see him not making room for a fit smith road to just get some fresh legs in there um so it's all going to come down to the game i think if we can get an early goal or if we can get a lead i think we'll hang on to it and i think we'll we'll win the game and it'll be relatively comfortable the last thing we need is to go a goal down because a goal down those tired legs get even heavier we're away um so yeah not psychological but i think we'll be grappling with the realities of three games in a week which we don't normally do tiredness the emotion of a big game it's a way it'd be so much better if it was at home so uh yeah all of those things gonna be tough johnny um do you have an opinion on this matter yeah yeah i mean look
2: the thing is is it's all well and good. Fans or players, you know, whatever way you want to, they wanted to perceive it. Heading into this game, I think most people, if they were honest, knew that getting anything out of the game was a tall order. The players will know that. They all wanted to go out there and prove that they were able to complete with your, compete with your Salas and Mane's. Of course they did. And they thought that, I'm not for a second suggesting that they didn't believe that they could do something, but they also know that they're a better team. And they also know that it would have been, you know, for all the achievement it would have been getting anything out of this game, it's unlikely because they're better than us. And we know that at this stage. And anyone, even players, thinking that they're not, it's probably been a bit deluded. So I think that there comes a, uh, you know, a benefit from that situation within the player's mentality. When you're playing someone who, like, imagine this. At the end of the day, if we had a game against Norwich at home, and we had, we had lost here today against Norwich at home. And we go, oh, well, we've been on a run of five games on the bounce. And now we've lost to Norwich at home. Can we snap back into that? Well, it's like, no, because the thing is, is all of the belief that they have built up has been shattered because we lost to one of the worst teams in the league. You can believe that you are a top four team in the league. And in that equation, you can still lose at home to Liverpool. You could be winning a league and lose at home to Liverpool 2-0. You know, they've not been thumped. So, you know, it puts their head in a spin. The fact is, is that their confidence can remain intact based off the fact that there's nothing that says you can, you know, if you lose to Liverpool at home, 2-0, respectable, kind of respectable result, you can't go away to Villa three days later and get a win. And for that matter, we, we can't really over overemphasise you know tiredness I don't think because this is what these guys are going to be doing next year we're almost definitely going to be in Europe one way or the other we're all talking about top four I still think we'll get top four but you're going to play every few games that's what's going to happen and these are serious games we have to go in and beat Villa but the end of the day there's nothing to say that these players heads would have gone down that much where they can't start on the front foot against Villa. They've got the spice with Emi Martinez. Go in there, put them to the sword early. And let's face it, Villa are a team whose heads can go down. So that's what I
1: hope Arsenal go about and do. Emi Martinez shares the same agent as uh, Buendia. And there are reports that Emi Martinez was absolutely key in making sure Buendia went to Aston Villa for career reasons so I think it would be absolutely incredible if we uh, Martin Erdegaard showed up and delivered an absolute masterclass because Arsenal bid for Buendia and I mean you look at how um, average Buendia has been this season you know it kind of got replaced a little bit by Coutinho Matt you want to come you in on this one you think we bid for Buendia we did bid for Bojan. We had exactly right. the same offer as Aston Villa, apparently, and uh, we wanted to do it at the start of the window, and then we turned our focus to Martin Erdegaard. If if uh, Emmy Martinez was like, "Come join us," because it's it's shit Arsenal, and uh, and we turn them over, that would be absolutely spectacular. I think I'm kind of with you two, and I, I'm I'm glad that you went in with like the, the the positive overview of it. Well, not even positive, really, realistic. If you're depressed that you didn't beat Liverpool, your, dep- your depression is misplaced, I'm afraid. Right, but we do need to have a big game, and I think the the ultimate nightmare for uh, um, squad planning is a late Sunday kickoff, a game against Liverpool, which is extremely draining in midweek, and then an early kickoff on Saturday. So, we're, I think I think the only problem that we've got is a slim squad and the potential of being a little bit leggy, but you know uh, aston villa have got the problem that they've had to spend a week worrying about losing right well
0: you know we've also got um they rescheduled the chelsea game so we've got chelsea and man united three ga- three days apart later in the season oh, no. so you know we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with it and get over it and if we want to be a big team you know when arsenal were at their were at their peak you'd have three games in a week and you'd know you needed to win all three and more often than not we won all three and that's where we've got to get to again so no excuses really okay so i want
1: to i then want i want to shift into something that i know you two will quite like emil smith road propaganda do you think do you think it's about time that we change things up for all of the good that martinelli did today he looked uh, he looked very tired by the end of the game and he doesn't have a lot of um a lot of goals to his name is it about time to bring back the smith the player that aston villa aston villa can you believe it let's just look back at this guys Emil Smith Rowe was tapped up by Aston Villa all summer. <laughs> I know yeah. And uh, and and a certain section of dickhead Arsenal fans were saying that Aston Villa were a better choice for his career. Surely surely Mikel Arteta has got to unleash him against uh, Steven Gerrard. Is it about time that we saw the, the Emil Smith Rowe come back into the mix? It's been too long. It feels like he's been out for, forever. Um, what do we think about this? Is it like, would you drop Martinelli after the game today? Is it is it time to start rotating in, in this squad?
2: I mean, I'm happy to go first, but I'm, I thought Matt would just be jumping all over this one oh. to be like a rat on a Mars bar, like, yeah, <laughs> sniff, right there, here we go, um, but rat yeah, on I a mean.
1: Mars bar.
2: Well, yeah, you know that, that. There's the analogy, the the best one I could think of. Off harsh, but, harsh. No, no. Not harsh but fair.
0: That. No, so,
2: I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, no, look, I think a lot of people will be calling for the, the Smith now, and I think it's it's tough because Martinelli has been our best player in that game, and I do think that. When we talk about, you know, players' ceilings and how high they could go, when I see a game like this today from Martinelli, I'm like, wow, it's a reminder that this guy could genuinely be one of the best players in the world. If, if, if everything clicks for him, I'm not saying he's going to be, but he needs to find a way, and this is not an overnight fix, but of converting these good performances that are packed with energy and drive and direction into... I am the difference, game in, game out. Because this, when we talk about, I think that we're actually moving towards a Liverpool model in terms of the way we're um, we're set up. And what have I said so many times over recent weeks about the fact that the goal, the burden of goals will weigh heavy on our um, wing forwards. Like, you know, Saka and Martinelli, you have to be, it, it, it's not just about playing well. You've got to be scoring goals. You've got to be setting up goals. You've got to be, making a difference because when you've got a dearth of clinical edge in your centre-forward position, you know, someone's got to step up. Um And on that note, there's no question that the stats don't lie. smith Rose our top scorer. And he's not shit, let's be honest about it. It's not like he was dropped for, you know, stinking out the place. It seems like with him and Martinelli, there was basically... You know, a case of, oh, I've picked up a little niggle here. Um, you know, oh, I've pulled my hamstring here. Right, You're in, you're in. And overall, it seems like Saka still remains the uh, the top choice there. And I, I think he's the best player out of all of those three. Um, and if you're asking me, who do I think out of those three is most likely to get you a goal? I'd say Saka. Saka has shown that he's got... And, and I know that, obviously, Smith Rowe has scored the most goals. But some of these goals were coming off the bench as well. And I think it was, you know, um, he, he's obviously got, he's a great finisher, Smith Rowe. But sometimes in games, I don't get the same influence that I see from Saka. And that's why I would stick with Saka. So, you know, if you want to push me on on, on just the debate between Smith Rowe and Martinelli, I probably would go with um, Smith Rowe, even though I think Martinelli was excellent. It's time to make sure that everyone feels connected. Because if we are going to get over the line in the top four, They're all going to have to chip in with performances. You know, we can't have seen the last of Tommy Asu as well. He's going to have to come back in. They're all going to have to chip in. So I think this is a great opportunity for Smith-Rowe to be given an opportunity again to show how good he is. Um, We know he's a goal threat. And what we definitely know that we need in a game we have to win away at Villa is we're going to have to score goals. So, you know, kind of empty calories in terms of how we, you know, burning around the pitch looking good
1: but not carrying the fret, that's that's not going to get it done this weekend. Matt Candela, uh, if anybody in this world leads the propaganda network um, that supports Emil Smith-Rowe, it is you. There is no bigger fanboy. There's no one with more posters in the closet than you. But would you take Martinelli out of the side and would you gift ESR the chance to dazzle the world again? Tell me.
0: Um, I think um, my head would say bring Smith-Rowe in because I think, you know, you can't... Martinelli is so all action. There's no way that physically you can go and put another performance the way he did against Liverpool tonight In two days later, I don't think. It's just at his age. And so my head says bring Smith-Rowe in. My heart says keep Martinelli in and bring Smith-Rowe in as a false nine and let's just see if it works. Because he's too good not to have in the team. We need his goals. He's pure goal threat. That's all he is. He knows where the back of the net is. The ball just finds him. He always finds space. Um, and, and we need some magic, uh, you know. Um, and I think I was just on, on, on one of my WhatsApp groups, Jamie Carragher was just saying that Arsenal are a better team than Man U and Spurs. But Man U and Spurs have individuals that do special things. Well, Smith Rowe is a player that does special things and we need someone like that in the team because could Smith Rowe score 10 goals between now and the end of the season? Yes. Could he? Yes. Can Lacazette? No. Could get 10 assists, <laughs> but he's not going to. So we've got to go and see if it can work uh, and 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 figure it out, you know? So, um, yeah, I'd bring him in.
1: I, I actually think... Um... I think that we've got to the point now where Arteta has exhausted this lineup and yeah. you could really see it in the second half, you know, particularly after 70 minutes where, I don't know, it, it, like uh, Martinelli's played game after game after game after game. L- let's let's talk uh, a little bit of reality here about Tommy Asu. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Arteta's biggest propagandist, but he really fucked up with Tommy Asu um, over Christmas. He played him and he played him and he played him and he broke him in the end. And then he brought him back early and he broke him again. And now we're, what are we? 16th of March. We haven't seen Tommy Asu on the pitch since the 2nd of January. That is a mismanagement of talent. And I thought that Arteta would maybe do something a little bit different with the lineup today. He went all in. It didn't work out. But I do think that there's going to be a cost to this at some point. And if he goes into that Aston Villa game at the weekend, and Martinelli pings a hamstring, you know, Lacazette pulls up, we're in deep trouble. And I, I, I do think that there is an opportunity to do something a little bit less predictable because Aston Villa will have planned against that team that played tonight because Arteta doesn't change things. He doesn't trust Pepe. He doesn't trust Nketiah, Um, And we've never seen um, Smith Rowe, well, we've seen Smith Rowe in a false nine once. Time to mix things up because I, 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 we have been very lucky with injuries so far. And the the precursor to injuries is usually fatigue, and it looked like there was a lot of fatigue out there today. So I I, I think the I, I love the idea of um, trying Smith Rowe in a full time position because the alternative is what? But like Lacazette's not going to score any goals from there. I, I I'm going to just disagree with
2: both of you here, and I mean oh. I think that um, I I completely understand sentiment. I know where it comes from. I really do, guys. Like you know. And and Lacazette, whilst I think most of us appreciate what he's done, he is a very frustrating figure because you see the limitations. But, you know, let, let's not go too overboard. At the end of the day, Lacazette's playing up against Liverpool. He was never going to be able to do anything on his own. I, I was in my WhatsApp group and they're like, oh, he's going to get eaten alive. And I said, what Lacazette needs to do is just drop deep and play link-up. You're going to drag defenders out, let them go with you, and just play link-up because he could never match physically with Van Dijk or even Matip. matic's Matip's as quick as Lacazette? So we know that. But let's not get silly about things. It's taken us a long time to settle on this system of play, OK? It's all well and good talking about individual talents, but that's what we were doing when Arteta was in an absolute muddle. We were expecting individual talents to, talents to you know, provide special moments. And that was the only way we were scoring goals, which was why we were struggling so much from an attacking point of view. And I don't think we should be throwing the baby out with a, with the water here. The fact is, is against opposition that isn't Liverpool and Man City, we do threaten everyone. You know, Chelsea, we'll, we'll see what we've got up against them. I think we, you know, when we talk about how we match up against certain teams, I think we match up very well against Chelsea. I'd feel confident about, even at Stamford Bridge, about going into that game. In this game, I was confident we'd have a good showing. I knew we could get beat here easily. I thought we, there's a chance we could have won, but it was more likely that we were going to lose. And, um, you know, I don't think that we should be drawing huge um, conclusions from the fact that we couldn't break Liverpool down. It takes a lot less to score goals against Aston Villa than it does against Liverpool. That's just the reality of it. And so I think we need to stick with Lacazette, who was taken off before the end of the game. I thought I think Arteta was trying to protect him, Odegaard and Saka. And I think we should go with those guys again. And if Smith Rowe comes in for Martinelli, who played the whole all of the minutes, then fine. But at the end of the day, the system is has been producing goals for us in recent times, not individuals, which is, you know, a, a good situation, a far better situation for us to be in and to hinge our hopes of getting top four on rather than, I hope, X player does a madness every week, otherwise we're fucked, you know?
0: Fair points. Yeah. You I'm
1: in. I'm boring uh, as well. All right, lads. Uh, okay, so... Where's that Where's that music coming from? Is that me? Yeah, it's you, mate. You know, we know you're having a mad one in Miami. Don't even oh. know where that sound was coming. No, I don't know, no. It's on. On. Yeah. Oh, it's Matt. It's Matt. Um, OK, all right. So I feel like... We've it's just a bit of frozen
0: in the background for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: bit of frozen. Lovely. All right, so let's do predictions for the weekend and then we will call it a day. Uh, uh, Matt Candela, prediction for the Aston Villa game at the weekend?
0: 2-1 Arsenal.
1: Johnny Cochran, prediction for the Arsenal at the weekend?
2: Um, I think we can get it done because I think we'll get top four. So I do think that we will win... It's going to be, you know, it's likely in the 2-1 region. You know, um, I don't see us being able to spank them. But 2-1, maybe 3-1. We'll go with
1: 2-1. Yeah, 2-1. And Saka to score. Saka to score. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with Arsenal to win 1-0. A scrappy win. It's going to go in off Lacazette's shin or something like that. Uh, Or maybe Emi Martinez makes a big error because he's mm-hmm. under pressure um all right guys uh johnny cochran i just want to flag something um i i i saw a piece of content i didn't listen to the piece of content i saw that johnny cochran's on the bbc So we have two very wonderful female co-presenters of a podcast i tune in and what are you talking about you're talking about a shot what yeah just you just rolled hard into that you didn't you did not if if Arsenal had disrespected Liverpool in the same way that you disrespected the BBC maybe we would have won today
2: (laughs) yeah no it was um you know basically the whole premise of the podcast is around somewhat your most embarrassing moments. so I had to talk about shitting myself in Venezuela and um you know it was an awful situation I mean I'm not the most proud of it, but in the, the day, it's cathartic to release these, you know, stories to the world. And um, yeah, if you want to listen, it's available on BBC Sounds on Wheel of Misfortune, and it's on my Twitter and whatnot. Which is even more encouragement to f- follow me on my socials at I Cochrane.
1: Awesome! Two lots of BBC in in, in a week, Johnny. You are you are just psh, ascension. <laughs> Matt Candela, you're listening to Frozen, but where can people find you on the internet so they can indulge in uh, in, in more of your more of your
0: thoughts? You can find me on Twitter at Matt Candela uh, for positive Arsenal vibes. I uh, will tell you, he's really been pissing me off lately. Piers Morgan, and I know that's his like mo, but his Arsenal stuff is so wide of the mark right now. So I urge every Arsenal fan to tune in to uh, you know positive Arsenal twitter leave all that negativity behind we're moving forward in the right way and um, don't listen to a word that guy's saying you just
1: gotta listen to the fans in the stadium because that's the best barometer for how people are feeling at the moment and the fans were incredible tonight uh, you can find me at the grove if you're listening to this podcast just go into that review section i know it's a few clicks give us a five-star rating we'd really appreciate that and if you're watching on video and you've been following along dropping comments we love you uh, we'll be back at the weekend for another edition of the Oscar Opinion podcast. Thank you for listening. You're incredible. Thank you Johnny. Thank you Matt. Ciao for now.
0: Sports Social Podcast
2: Network.